This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Um, grab your favorite flavor, match it with your morning drink as you head out of the house, throw it in the gym bag so we have it for that workout. 16 great flavors. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off uh, your first box. Again, BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. $10 off your first box. You will not be disappointed. Uh, we're going to sit down with uh, Pete Smith here today. We're going to talk some things on the AFC North rivalries. Um, for me today, um, happy birthday to my father. Uh, first birthday for him with him not being here. Uh, the difficulties that go with it and all the first times and all that stuff. It just, you know, definitely drillers up the emotions, so to speak. But uh, pops are missed. We're holding it down the best we can. And uh, to you, sir, 100% a big fat happy birthday. And thanks for everything. This was actually brought to us, Pete, from um, from Jake. Uh, Jake does his own podcast here with the Cleveland Browns as well here. Uh, the Jake Podcast. Podcast. And this actually, I really like the idea. And this one, actually, I think we can go ahead and just jump right into here, Pete. We're going to take basically the biggest fear from each AFC North opponent. I guess, Pete, if we'll do it, we'll go, you know, top to bottom here. I guess, you know, we'll start with the Baltimore Ravens. Um, biggest fear, you know, I guess is, you know, for me, I guess would be, you know, some of these wide receivers developing more, giving Lamar just even, you know, more essentially of an arsenal you know, more bullets in the holster, so to speak. But Pete Smith, uh, biggest concern with what should be the 2020 Baltimore Ravens? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the two things that stand out about the Baltimore Ravens are, do they become a a consistent passing team? And then do they generate a, a legitimate, consistent pass rush? Last year, um, the defensive line was – other than Matt Judon was largely guys who controlled the line of scrimmage and they sort of just eliminated the run and they had a bunch of DBs run around and, and do that. And they protected their linebackers who weren't particularly good, but uh, sort of operated from that standpoint. Um, now they add Calais Campbell, who's just phenomenal despite being, you know, his mid thirties, he's gotten better in his thirties. Um, they've added Derek Wolf, We'll see what that does. And they're hoping that, you know, a guy like Tyus Bowser gets better. Um, if that that's the case and they aren't just sort of holding the fort, then they become a, a far more dangerous uh, defensive team. With, you know, and you, you throw in and now yesterday, guys, anybody who listened, we were talking with Jeff Risden, you know, we talk about, you know, we talked about what the Ravens and look, you know, the Cleveland Browns matched up well with the Baltimore Ravens in 2019. It was one of the, the good things they did do well for six of the eight quarters. You know, they basically gave them everything they could handle. Obviously, the Ravens established, you know, part of what was the issue for them in facing the Cleveland Browns on um, the linebacker position because they just had no answer for Nick Chubb, who seems to just, you know, light the lamp against them every time he could. You, know, you make two picks in Patrick Queen, Malik Harrison. You know, like Pete said, you brought in one of the greatest interior pass rushers in the game, albeit his age, Calais Campbell. And it is, it's, it's, it's amazing the player he's, you know, he was a solid player, you know, for the first few years in the NFL. But as he's hitting what should be the golden years of an interior defender, he's just, become incredibly almost unblockable at his size and quickness and you know certainly has the you know 
the wingspan and everything to just create an absolute, you know, just dominant performance. And there's been four sack games. There's been three sack games here. Um, so you look at it, you know, from the Ravens standpoint here, if Lamar gets more here, you can get, you know, Hollywood Brown to be a little bit more, you start, you know, trans, you know, transferring away from just a tight end, Tom, a dominant passing game. There'll still be a bunch of tight ends on the field, the way they like to run the ball here. And then Pete, you still factor in, you know, you had Ingram and Gus Edwards doing their things this year. You add in JK Dobbins. I mean, we look at it from the outside in and think what's best maybe for Lamar Jackson long-term is to, you know, hopefully not, you know, wouldn't have to run the ball with him as much. But still, when that element is forever going to be there, and that element obviously is, it's it's a huge one. It's it, it, it's a massive deficit because there's not many quarterbacks in the league with their legs that can do with what Lamar Jackson can with his. You want the threat of Lamar Jackson's legs to be there. You don't want him to take the hits, particularly running on the inside. If he protects himself, all the better. But all you need to be able to do is force uh, defenses to be honest to what he can do with his legs. And if you do that, you've basically got him because then you can, you know, you, then you naturally create advantages uh, in terms of numbers and, and blocking when you do hand the ball off or play action or those type of things, because you just, you never know. And then and the one time he does, you know, even if he, let's say he runs one out of every 20 times, that one time he kills you, you have to be ready for it. You can't let him beat, beat you that way so I mean for the for the time being um, for the foreseeable future you have to try to control the line of scrimmage contain him and and force him to beat you with his arm and trust your dbs that they can cover and if you can't do that or he gets to a point where he ascends beyond that then he's pretty much unbeatable well, and the thing you worry about most with Lamar is, and look, with any quarterback, you can just say, all right, whatever, if it happens, he beats us, you know, and what, so what, you're talking about a nine-yard gain on third and seven. Um, Lamar, Lamar, it's, it could be the house, and it could be from 35 yards out, it could be from 65 yards out. That is just the absolute threat that he brings with his legs and the athleticism and just the open field runner that he is. It's, they are, they're the brand here, and for and we've talked about this guys the way they play it's it's really simple to just run it back especially if it's going to be a limited offseason you know without much change they can introduce you know the newness you know to their program Dobbins their rookie wide receivers they don't have to make a whole lot of changes here they already have the top two wide receivers the tight ends which are always a presence you know they they're returning almost all the backfield from last year and going to add in a JK Dobbins as he can get acclimated to the system there's still the AFC North standard for now that's not going to change. And obviously, a lot of that is led by league MVP, Lamar Jackson. We'll get to Pittsburgh. We'll get to Cincinnati. Uh, a little more coming here, obviously, on Lockdown Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith on your Thursday edition. The best tasting bar. It's truly hard to explain it unless you've had one. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. Um, mint chocolate cream, I always talk about. Almond toffee, that's another one. Just great tasting bars. Um they don't there's no grit there's no aftertaste they're just good i mean there's almost like a candy bar element to it if kids eat it they you know they don't know it's a protein bar they don't care it just tastes good amazing combination of low calorie high protein and low sugar no crazy additives if you compare it to the most popular men's bar it is half the calories seven times fewer the carbs seven times fewer these sugar grams and more protein how can it be that good for you and taste that good that's where built built bar secret is kept and it's rock solid. Go to www.builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. Get $10 off your first box 
Um, you can customize the box. If there's certain flavors you think don't appeal to you, go ahead, pick out 16 flavors. Obviously, something there to uh, tickle your fancy, so to speak. Go ahead, put together the box. Um, get $10 off when you use the promo code Locked On at www.builtbar.com. Pete, we kick it over to Pittsburgh here. And, you know, and this is what, you know, and I'll still continue with this. Look, I, I don't think anybody truly knows what Ben's got left in the tank. We saw Phillip Rivers last year. You know, he's going to try it one more year, maybe taking, you know, a better offensive line and see if that's the equation. You know, Eli Manning, same part of that draft class. He's now gone to just think Ben's going to come back and be the Ben Roethlisberger of old. I mean, I guess if you're a Steelers fan, you can do that. Looking at it realistically, it's you know going to be hard. You know, beard, no beard, whatever. Who the hell cares there? The pass rush um, in that D line, even losing Hargrave, I mean, it's still elements of a great defensive line. You got a secondary that's you know hopefully improving. You know, the play of a Minka Fitzpatrick is is done a ton there to you know pick up the overall play of that unit. Um, the linebacker unit, you know, Devin Bush, you know, had a good rookie year. Obviously, they're hoping for a strong year two uh, for him. You know, with that Steelers defense. Pete Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, what's, where's the, you know, basically where's the, uh, where's the boogeyman, so to speak, when facing the Pittsburgh Steelers this season? Um, it's, an, it's entirely Ben Roethlisberger. You're not overly concerned about their offensive line, even if they end up in a situation where they actually move Matt Filer to guard and have uh, Chuka become the right tackle um, or Matt Filer stays a right tackle. It really doesn't matter. Um, you're not overly terrified of James Conner and none of the other backs they have have done anything to this point. Um, they have a bunch of weapons. I mean, they've sort of transformed into this tight end uh, setup offense that allows receivers to sort of be an entirely different role, which I think is more problematic than people realize. Um, I think uh, they're, they're Vance McDonald and uh, Eric Ebron is a really difficult dynamic to defend. Um, they both have to stay healthy, but still. And then <clears throat> you add in Juju Schuster, you add in Deontay Johnson, you add in James Washington, some of those players, and they don't have to be stars. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Juju, obviously, I think they want you know to have a, a much better year, but they want the. I think much like the Browns, I think they want the tight ends to sort of create opportunities for those receivers defensively. Um, you know, they are very good, and it's all entirely based on what they have up the middle. They have uh, Cam Hayward, step onto it as long as he's healthy, and, and then T.J. Watt up front, which is the best three guys in the league as one in one group. Um, they've got the best set of linebackers in the division, largely by default. Um, and then they have a guy in Minka Fitzpatrick. I, I have nothing but questions about – their, their corners and, and some of those other positions. Maybe this is the year uh, Justin Lane steps up and becomes that dude. Uh, I, you know, we'll see. But the, the bottom line is, like, unless the Steelers suddenly find corner, I mean, that, that could be a dangerous thing if they suddenly figure out that they have some corners. I, you know, Joe Hayden's not good, no matter how much we want to keep trying to prop him up. Uh, I, I get that he has a Steelers uniform on, but it's like Marquise Pouncey. They're not good, but they get all this credit for it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if, if they go as Ben goes, if, they, if Ben is healthy, if Ben is effective, they're a contender. If he's not, then they are a, a, a pain in the ass like they were last year. 
And the thing is, it's going to be a question of what they do here. Because yesterday, I mean, last year, they were different as far as it was a lot of the running game. Um, and the latter part of, you know, Ben's career and success with them, they, I mean, it was throwing the living daylights out of the pill, even when Le'Veon Bell was there. Um, yeah, it, it certainly does come down to Ben. And, you know, I don't, you know, look, I mean, everybody's gotten to see a little bit of Mason Rudolph. You've got to see a little bit of Doc Hodges, how that was not addressed Um you know, especially with the concerns and the questions that Ben's coming into with this season. Um, you want to rerun it back with the possibility of having to go to Mason Rudolph or, you know, Devlin Hodges, you know, got freaking bless you in that front. Um, yeah, Pete, I do agree with you. I think Joe Hayden, it's almost like it's a longevity award at this point. Like Joe Hayden, like people just assume because he's been around this long that, you know, his play is, you know, that great. Um, I don't think he's really a match for Odell Beckham Jr. in any way whatsoever. Um, they made the, you know, the uh, free agent acquisition for Steven Nelson, a guy I liked. We talked about possibility, you know, maybe he'd be a fit for Cleveland. He didn't really do much. Um, Justin Lane obviously didn't get to play much. He was a player that, you know, we thought extremely highly of. So, you know, there is that question here. Um, so now we'll kick it over to Cincinnati, Pete. Now with the Bengals, Pete, for me, I guess it's going to be the mystery of it all. You know, you know what is Burrow as a rookie? Um, you look at, you know, the wide receiver position, you know, uh, you know, you're looking at it straight on names, Tyler Boyd, all right, A.J. Green. Obviously, that's a question there, though. You know, T. Higgins, you know, Auden T. There, John Ross, there is a bunch of weapons that have had some, at times, some success with Cincinnati. Um, Joe Mixon, and let please, let's not keep doing this anymore. Joe Mixon is nowhere near the running back Nick Chubb is. Yes, he may be a better receiver, but he's nowhere near the running back Nick Chubb is. So let's not go through another offseason of this, for God's sakes. Um defensively, you still don't know where they're at. Um, obviously, there's going to be a whole bunch of rookies playing linebackers for them. Um, they're able to bring in a reader to bring something to that defensive line. That linebacker, I mean, look, rookie linebackers, it, it could go really well. It could go really bad. Um, we saw it firsthand last year, what happens when you know, you're know you playing rookie linebackers who weren't ready. Secondary, you know, Jesse Bates is a nice player. I think he was better as a rookie than he was as a second-year player. Uh, William Jackson, the play slipped off a little bit there. But I think for me, Pete, with the Cincinnati Bengals, I think it's the it's almost the unknown of you know look in you know, Burrow went number one for a reason. There's no question about that. But it's the question of you know does Zach Taylor not exactly know how to make this all work? You know you have all those receivers. You know how's it all going to blend? Will it come quick? Will it take a while? And the offensive line is still a tremendous tremendous big question about whether or not they're going to be able to protect that rookie the way he needs to be protected. Um, the biggest thing that scares me about the Cincinnati Bengals is their defensive line. Um, they are way better than I think they get credit. Um, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap are, are given, but they've assembled a pretty good group. Um, Sam Hubbard's done a nice job. Uh, you know, uh, they've got, uh, Carl Lawson, who's pretty effective between injuries. And then, uh, they've added uh, DJ Reader to be a nose, and they've got uh, I think Tupo is his name is another defensive tackle that's pretty good. So they've done nothing but get better. Um, uh, you know, they lose Billings, but they've done nothing but upgrade, and that's going to be where their defense is largely determined. That and their DBs, because their linebackers are like the Browns; they're bad, but they could be better just because that group can carry them a long way. Uh, so they are the group that that scares me the most. And obviously, the Browns' offensive line is is intending to be a strength, but um, you know that, that still doesn't change the fact that, it, that it's a difficult um, 
it's a difficult matchup, and, and that's really the one that sort of uh, concerns you. Uh, it's it's built to be better, and I think that's some of the misconceptions you know that people are going to have that you know just because it's going to be better that there certainly aren't going to be days where they're you know essentially going to meet their match. Um, you know what looks like you line up to be a great offensive line for Cleveland. Um, it's still got to play out, and you know all the manu- you know all the moving parts essentially have to come together as one faction, and, and it's got to work here. Um, yeah, it, it sounds really good here, and we'll get to what the you know the, the element there is on that here in a minute here. But you know the Bengals, it's you know it's it is that, that you know I guess it's that defensive line. It's going to be you know what goes on offensively. How quickly does it gel? Does it gel? Is AJ Green actually a factor? And that seems to be another one. Similar to Ben Roethlisberger, everybody just seems to throw the name out there and just ignore what has been the last you know couple of years. Or you know, for AJ Green, it's almost what twenty games worth of injuries. Um, you know, once one of the most dominant wide receivers in this game. Now the question is, you know, I mean, can he even stay healthy enough to see Week One, which seems to you know, be the case, so to speak. Here, we're going to continue to roll on. A couple of listener questions here. Pete Smith joining Jeff Lloyd here on Locked On Browns. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com slash NBA. Try it for free for seven days and get 25% off your new subscription. Uh, my folks, Zabo Apparel, Brian and his uh, family, the company's back open, 11 to 6 in Vermilion. Uh, anything you're looking for, uh, Browns-wise, Indians-wise, Cavaliers-wise, City of Cleveland-wise, oh, State of Ohio-wise, Brian and his family have you taken care of. S-Z-A-B-O, ZaboApparel.com. On Instagram, on Twitter, at Zabo Apparel. Make sure you check in everything out from Brian and his family. Um, one of the hardest working in the apparel company, um, and they just continue to push out a great product week in, week out, year in, year out. Great folks over at Zabo. Now we have a couple questions here, and we'll get to those. Um, pick that right up here. And this one would be from. Um, all right, man, there we covered it up here. What, Pete, is more important, finding the guy who's going to take this right guard position or having a linebacker step up to be the face of that room, the top of that room? And I do want to thank at Fantasy Messiah underscore for the question. Um, it, it, I would it would depend on what they mean by the face of the linebacker room. If they're asking for a leader, they have one and nobody wants to sort of acknowledge it, but they like BJ Goodson for that role. Um, He's a veteran. He's a professional. He's got to play special teams and he's a role player, but that was a big reason they wanted him. They thought he would be very good for this group. Um, And part of the reason they were okay with, you know, going with such a, a, a young group. If you're, if you're asking me, you know, would it be better, for the Browns to get like a legitimate good linebacker at that level or the right guard position, I would say the linebacker level, um, obviously because they just don't have one. And even if you go down to nickel and dime, you're probably going to still have one dude on the field. So if you can get one good linebacker, um, that would certainly make their best 11 the best they can be. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm confident right guard anyway. So, I mean, maybe that sort of paints how I feel about it. I'm not remotely worried. I, I still view Wyatt Teller as the baseline and then Drew Ford as sort of the upside. Um, in either scenario, I think they're going to be just fine. But uh, certainly linebacker is a bigger concern. Um, 
even with right guard and you know look even with Wyatt Teller where maybe he is a you know an odd fit for this you know it helps that you know people appreciate you and you saw that you know when he came here the game with Buffalo you know you saw the way you know his fellow offensive linemen wanted to see him wanted to be a, a around him um so that was I mean it just tells you you know the tell of the man and the type of work ethic he has um you know and he's spoken about how it took him a while to get acclimated and then once he did he started getting his reps started getting comfortable the pay, play picked up you know, week in, week out. And we are talking, you know, about, you know, hopefully, you know, Wyatt Taylor, even the best Wyatt Taylor can probably do this year. Maybe he's still the best, the fifth best offensive lineman on this offensive line. And that's more than fine. Um, it's just going to be a question of, you know, make sure nobody's coming up the middle, the Calais Campbells of the world. Um, you know, the pass pro, we'll figure out, you know, the run blocking part. The linebackers, again, we spoke about this the other day. It's, it's, it's going to be a mystery the way the snaps work out as far as, you know, who becomes the guy, of that room. Um, and as far as, you know, bringing somebody in and somebody wants to keep talking about that, if they truly felt they wanted more, they had ample opportunity to do that. So I just don't see that. So this actually leads here to the question from uh, Corey Gardner. Um, if this is the complete locker room, what does this mean for the defense, how the defense will look this year, more DBs on the field, etc. Yeah, this is what we've been kind of talking about, Corey. This defense is going to go as far as the defensive line in the secondary takes them. They're not basing this defense, Pete, on the linebacker position. If they were, there would have been a lot more added than B.J. Goodson and you know, 97 pick overall in Jordan Phillips. It would have been addressed early or it would have been addressed in free agency with a, you know, with a heavy contract to somebody. You could have kept one of the two veterans that you know, were removed from this roster. Um, you brought in three safeties. You, know, you brought in defensive backs here. Yeah, it's going to be about, you know, it's going to be about strong D-line play on first and 10, trying to get yourself into favorable positions where you can unleash the nickel and the dime and he can unleash the pass rush. Yeah, it's just, uh, look, I mean, they they draft Grant Delp, but obviously they'd like him to start. But Andrew Sandejo is not a bad player. They have Sheldrick Gregwine, who's sort of that role player type that can do a few different things. Um, Kevin Johnson's not here to watch. I mean, he, he's going to make $3.5 million base, and it could be up to six. Uh, they want him to be good. So, you know, if they can get f- uh, five, six DBs on the field and sort of maintain their ability to at least be honest to the run, that would be great. I mean, they want – they have what amounts to be a, a run-stopping package with uh, – Andrew Billings and, and, and BJ Goodson and those types. And Sione Takitaki is, is, is seemingly part of that, uh, that they want to just shut down the run, put teams in obvious passing situations so that they can just put a bunch of DBs on the field and, and cover. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it's a question of what's their base going to look like. Are they going to be, you know, three, deep, th- uh, three corners or three safeties? And, and it could depend on the situation, but I think that's, where this is going to be. I mean, they, they even the way they describe Will, um, talking about that's the position Jacob Phillips played at LSU, he was always in the box. So I think, I think that's what this is sort of going to look like. But uh, I think they want to limit the exposure, as they should, of those young guys, and then uh, just get as many DBs on the field where they, they feel like they have more strength. Uh, it's certainly, I mean, if you're, you're painting the picture, uh, and, and taking the evidence that they've given you, um, that would certainly, it, it seems easy to read the chips that way. Um, you know, look, Max, Sioni, both second year players, um, obviously hoping for both of them to step up here, but again, this is going to be where the defensive line 
and the secondary takes him here. Uh, I'm going to go a little shorter today, guys. I got a bunch on the plate here for today and later today. You know, Pete's got to get off to do, do something for himself for SI. Pete, we haven't done this one in a while. Browns-wise, NFL-wise, AFC-wise, anybody, anything? Pete Smith's got his mind on. No, not, I mean, not really. I think I, I thought it was somewhat funny that, like, even the most innocent attempt for Ben Roethlisberger to sort of come off as likable and human just completely didn't work, and it had nothing to do with what he actually did. Um, his whole uh, throwing the football at, at Valley Knox Stadium and, and, and completing the passes and, and, and sort of fulfilling his his proclamation that uh, that's what he was going to do before he cut his hair and cut his beard, then he does it. And then, uh, you know, it has since been commented on by the governor who, you know, said the most sort of bland, uh, you know, overall diagnosis of the whole thing, looking at it from a state perspective, he didn't even mention Roethlisberger's name. He just basically said, you know, I, I want, you know, the people of Pennsylvania to be safe and take precautions. And then, you know, from there, you've got people using that as a slight against the Steelers. You've got people using that as a, as a political lever to suggest that he's, you know, this was some, you know, or, or trying to make this into some act of civil disobedience to, to, to uh, protest the, the restrictions in place or whatever. And all he really wanted to do is try to get people somewhat excited about um, him coming back you know, the fans something excited about in terms of the Steelers being a contender this year and then, uh, you know, making himself slightly more likable or whatever. And none of it works as none of it ever works for Ben Roethlisberger. Now, people, um, you know, and, and as far as, you know, those types of things and allegations, no, um, people don't forget. People will not forget. Um, bars and restaurants, inside seating, open in Ohio. Guys, be safe. Um, be smart about it. Um, and look, if you're that hard up to go out and get a meal, hopefully you're not. Um, but, you know, again, you know, as far as we talk about all this stuff, you know, don't be the test dummy. Don't be the crash test dummies. Let's give it a little time. See what works out. I understand these businesses are hurting for money. Look, you can just easily get the takeout. Take it home. You know, you don't have to be in that much of a rush here. Be smart. Be safe because the last thing you want to do is end up back up in lockdown. Make sure you're checking everything out uh, at Browns Digest on the Twitter handle, uh, Browns Digest through SI.com. Pete, Sean, Brandon doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are open, guys. Uh, things for the show. And like I said yesterday, you got questions, you know, even just general football stuff. May is the month where we can do all this stuff you know, before we start to, you know, hopefully get back to what's normal routine in July, but May, June, those are the months where we can start getting to this stuff. You know, hopefully, you know, we get closer to summer and start to get in a, you know, positional breakdown, camp breakdown, that type of stuff. But you got something, you got ideas, go ahead, send it over there. Uh, follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Again, same thing over there. DMs are open thoughts, ideas, just general questions about the game, whatever, send them on over. Uh, this is certainly a time to get all that addressed here. Um, Pops miss you. Uh, love you. Um, you know, seven months and change here. Some days it doesn't get any easier. Um, some days it gets a little harder. It's just, it, uh, it's tough. Um, you look, mom's doing the best she can. We're all trying to hold it down the best we can. Happy birthday, sir. Uh, you know, hope somewhere the, uh, you got yourself a nice little boat on the water. Some, you know, peace, quiet, tranquility, and all the best to you, sir. Love you. 
miss you. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.